Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 2nd. In today's news, a former congressional staffer accuses Joe Biden of rubbing noses with her. A disaster relief bill stalls over President Trump's desire to limit money for Puerto Rico. And Jamal Khashoggi was murdered six months ago today. There's still been no justice. But first, the big idea. On Fox News last night, presidential son-in-law Jared Kushner brushed off questions about how he got his security clearance. Kushner said he's been accused of all different kinds of wrongdoing that turned out to be false. The late-night appearance came at the end of a day in which it emerged that a White House whistleblower told lawmakers under oath that dozens of denials for security clearances have been overturned during the Trump administration despite concerns about things like blackmail, foreign influence, and other red flags. Among them was Kushner, who President Trump ordered be granted a permanent top-secret clearance despite serious concerns of senior intelligence officials. Trisha Newbold, a White House security advisor who has served under Republicans and Democratic presidents over the past 18 years, told the House Oversight Committee that it's not just Kushner. 25 individuals got clearances or access to sensitive national security information since 2018, despite concerns about foreign influence, conflicts of interest, questionable or criminal conduct, financial problems, or drug abuse. According to documents released by the committee, this group includes two current senior White House officials. The panel didn't identify them, but asked the White House to immediately provide documents related to the clearances of nine officials, including Kushner, his wife and the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump, and National Security Advisor John Bolton. Congressman Elijah Cummings, the Democrat from Maryland who chairs the committee, said in a letter to the White House Counsel's Office that his panel will vote today to subpoena Carl Klein, who served as the personnel security director at the White House during the first two years of the administration. This will be the first compulsory move named at the White House since Democrats got the majority in January. Newbold alleges that Klein, then her direct manager, who didn't respond to our requests for comment, overruled her clearance denials and then retaliated against her when she objected. In its Monday memo, the committee revealed that it has also spoken with other whistleblowers about the security clearance process inside the White House. For now, however, they said these individuals are too afraid about the risk to their careers to come forward publicly. But apparently they're providing information to investigators. Republicans on the committee tried to downplay the seriousness of Newbold's testimony by telling reporters that she said behind closed doors only four or five of the 25 clearance decisions were originally denied for, quote, very serious reasons. That doesn't seem particularly exculpatory. Who are those four or five people? What jobs do or did they have? And which of our nation's most sensitive secrets have been shared with them? Most of all, what were these very serious reasons? And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, a second woman came forward with an allegation that Joe Biden touched her inappropriately. A former congressional aide to Congressman Jim Himes, a Democrat from Connecticut, says the former vice president touched her inappropriately during a 2009 fundraiser. Amy Lapos said she's speaking out about her own experience because she's disappointed in the ridiculously dismissive way, as she put it, that Democrats, including Biden, have responded to the account from Lucy Flores in Nevada. 
The 43-year-old Lapos went on the record about the alleged incident in an interview Monday with the Hartford Courant. She said Biden, at the time 66, moved toward her while she was in the kitchen with other volunteers at the private residence where the fundraiser was being held. She said it wasn't sexual, but he grabbed her by the head and, quote, he put his hand around my neck and pulled me in to rub noses with me. When he was pulling me in, I thought he was going to kiss me on the mouth. Lapos said she believes referring to Biden's behavior as simply affection or grandpa-like or friendly is part of the problem. Lapos told the Courant that she did not report the 2009 incident at the time because he was vice president and I was a nobody. Biden and his team did not respond to this allegation specifically, instead pointing to the statements he put out over the weekend. Chris Coons, the Democratic senator from Delaware, said he's confident that Biden will still run for president. Coons's daughter Maggie was 13 years old when she was pictured in 2015 looking uncomfortable as Biden kissed her on the side of the head. Coons says there was nothing inappropriate about that encounter and that his daughter did not think of it as anything. Number two, a massive emergency aid relief bill for victims of hurricanes, wildfires, flooding, and other natural disasters was unexpectedly defeated in the Senate last night amid a fight between Democrats and the White House over relief for Puerto Rico. Senate Democrats opposed the $13.5 billion legislation, contending that the $600 million included for Puerto Rico's food stamp program is inadequate to meet the territory's needs as it attempts to recover from Hurricane Maria. The Democrats are embracing a bill that passed the House, which contains hundreds of millions of dollars more for the island than the GOP version, but it too failed to advance Monday as Republicans voted against it. Trump opposes sending any additional aid to Puerto Rico apart from the food stamp money. Republicans on the Hill convinced him to accept this funding as the price for passing the long-pending disaster bill. Republicans are attacking Democrats for holding up much-needed aid for victims of flooding in the Midwest, tornadoes in the South, and volcanic eruptions in Hawaii so that they could use Puerto Rico as a political issue against the president, in their telling. Democrats are furious over Trump's unwillingness to support a U.S. territory. Number three. It's been six months since Washington Post contributing columnist Jamal Khashoggi was murdered at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul when he went to pick up a marriage license. In the aftermath of their father's murder, Khashoggi's children have received million-dollar houses in Saudi Arabia and monthly five-figure payments from the government as compensation for his death. Khashoggi's two sons and two daughters may also receive much larger payouts, possibly tens of millions of dollars apiece, as part of blood money negotiations that are expected to ensue when the trials of Khashoggi's accused killers are completed in the coming months. These previously undisclosed payments are part of an effort by the Saudis to reach a long-term deal with the Khashoggi family, in part to ensure that they continue to show restraint in their public statements about the murder of their dad. The Khashoggi siblings have refrained from any harsh criticism of the kingdom the negotiations with the family have been led by the outgoing Saudi ambassador to the U.S., Khalid bin Salman, the brother of the crown prince. Now, the Saudis have commenced a trial against Jamal's purported killers, but it's clouded in secrecy. The sessions are closed to the public. Every detail of the trial proceedings, from their frequency to the names of the 11 defendants and the charges that they face, is a matter of speculation. U.S. and Western intelligence officials stand by their assessment that Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, ordered the operation that ended in Khashoggi's death. In several of the court sessions, defendants have pleaded not guilty. We have learned that. The defendants are said to include two of the most prominent members of the kill squad allegedly sent to confront Khashoggi in the consulate, 
But Saad al-Khatani, a close aide to the crown prince, is not on trial. His absence has led to widespread accusations that Saudi Arabia is throwing mostly lower-level soldiers to the wolves rather than aggressively pursuing justice in the case. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 2nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.